0: Off the Ball. He's a very, very dangerous player in Scottish football. He's he's probably too good for Scottish football, if you know what I mean. Subscribe now to the OTB Football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. Welcome back to Off the Ball. And the person of the week has got to be Kilkenny's Gavin Houlihan, who scored two penalties to help League 2 Grimsby Town defeat Premier League Southampton 2-1 in the FA Cup on Wednesday night. Grimsby into the quarterfinals for the first time since 1939 and will now play Brighton. Gavin, good afternoon. Afternoon. What have the last few days been like then, Gavin? You must have the freedom of Grimsby, do you?
1: Uh, Ah, Yeah, look, it's... um been a pretty pretty surreal couple of days. Um obviously a lot of attention after the game the other night and um a lot of hype and stuff like that. So yeah it's been um yeah it's been interesting and uh yeah it's um uh, safe to say I probably won't buy a drink in Grimsby for 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 uh, for the rest of my life anymore.
0: And a lot of messages from well-wishers, family and friends.
1: Yeah, literally like it's it's just one of them. It's just so hard to, to get back to everybody. Literally I had, I had so many that it was just uh, my form was absolutely hopping. So um, yeah, it's just trying, trying to try uh, to get back to them over the last couple of couple of days or so. But um, no, it's, it's it's something I really appreciate as well.
0: I'm just going through the run you've had here. You've beaten Plymouth Argyle, Cambridge United, Burton Albion, Luton Town, and now Southampton, Gavin. So all clubs uh, ahead of Grimsby in the league structure. Talk to us about the run.
1: Well, I suppose it speaks for itself. It's a uh, it's it's incredible run, really. It's probably it's probably the toughest run that anyone's ever done. It I think. I heard a stat the other night. I think it's the first time anybody's beaten five teams above their level in the cup. Um, so that in itself is a bit of history for the club, which is which is massive. Um, but yeah, it's uh like looking back on that first game, even the you know, the first game against Plymouth, you know, they were flying high. I think they're still flying high in League One. We thought that was going to be a tough, tough ask at the time. Um and then obviously once you get the first one out of the way and then onto Cambridge, onto Burton and before you know it it's, you're just kind of getting a bit of momentum and on a bit of a roll so um, yeah we've I suppose we've we've earned it we've uh, we've done it the hard way and uh, you know we've reaped the benefits
0: You're 16th in League 2 Gavin but when you joined the club you weren't even in the Football League proper
1: No that's right yeah uh, obviously joined last year um, nearly nearly coming up a, a year ago Um the club was obviously in the National League at the time um, which which you know, in in my eyes, joining the club at the time, the ambition had to be to get out of league. It's, it's such a massive club; it, it should have been at that level in the first place. So, um, and that was tough enough as as it was, because only two teams go up from that league, which makes it uh, like unbelievably difficult. So, um, and we managed to do it through the playoffs quickly.
0: So it's a fishing town in the northeast of England, and you had really passionate support down there it's at Southampton the other night, nice carrying inflatables. Uh, I don't think they were allowed to have them in Harry the Haddock
1: had it you, know, you know they eventually got them in there was a bit of um bit of controversy I don't know, I think Southampton at first were allowing it and then I think they in the end they, they they kind of gave into it um which i'm glad they did because you know it was a, it was a, it was a sight to see the other night seeing uh, you know thousands of inflatable fish in, in, in the stands uh, a bit of a surreal sight to see so um and it, you know it's great for the fans it's part of the tradition as well um it's a tradition that goes back years obviously in the Cup, um so no it, it, it was good for for that to you know to be allowed
0: what are the comfort levels like having playing against the Premier league club um
1: yeah look i suppose it's you know you see straight away the you know how sharp they are and how physically physically strong and quick they are um so yeah it took i suppose first 10-15 minutes it was a bit of a you know kind of feeling them out and, and get, getting adjusted to, to, to the pace of the game um I felt once we did that, once we kind of, you know, got that first 15, 20 minutes out of the way, we we settled into the game and, and you know, managed to just kind of stamp our own kind of authority on the game, which I, which I thought was pretty impressive. And, um, yeah, no, no, really good tests, massive test. Um, you know, they're obviously established Premier League players. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's brilliant to, you know, to, to come up against players like that and test yourself.
0: You scored two penalties, as we know. Are you a regular penalty taker for Grimsby? Have you been taking penalties for years?
1: I haven't, to be honest, uh, not for anyway. I've taken a few you know, uh, in the past for previous clubs and stuff, but um, yeah, I kind of uh, was down to pecking order a bit. Um, we actually got a penalty last Saturday against Leighton Orient in the league, um, and obviously one of, one of the other boys took it, missed it, unfortunately, and then I kind of had to put my hand up and say, all right, well, I'm taking the next one whenever we get it, and um, you're not expecting it to be so soon after, and to, to obviously get two penalties, which is which is very unusual. So um, yeah, you just have to obviously be ready when, when when the chance comes up.
0: Is there a difference between the real time drama of a penalty against a Premier League club in an FA Cup fifth round tie versus doing it in training? Oh yeah, massively.
1: Yeah, like you can't you can't replicate it. Um, I suppose. Look, it's it's just. You, you, you can practice it on the training pitch. You can practice your technique, and that but that kind of all goes out the window then when you're when you're when you're stood in front of you know a big six foot five keeper, um, Premier League goalkeeper. So you kind of yeah you have to uh, really try and keep it cool, and um, especially in front of our, our end in the second penalty, it was just uh, about showing a bit of composure because it's very hard to kind of look up and see four and a half thousand Grimsby fans and, and get a bit a bit distracted about what you're actually trying to do. So um, but that you know, that was the main thing.
0: Because you put it the same way, you put it to the left, the keeper's right. So was the case, Gavin, that you were more nervous the second time round or more confident, given you had the first one in?
1: Yeah, do you know, I, people have kind of asked me that already, and I'd say it was probably more not nervous, but just because of the the long wait with the VAR for the first one, um, it just seemed to take forever for for them to give it, and I was kind of stood there with the ball waiting for it to be given. And so I think the first one I was probably a bit more nervous, but the second one I just, like I said, I just. I was just confident that I knew where I was going, um, and it was just about obviously, like I said, just 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 continuing wide, obviously practice or I had it in my head, um, and just just trying to get a good connection on it, and hopefully, hopefully it goes
0: in. I'm sure you watched the World Cup. You had Harry Kane having in the situation; he missed the second one, and Kylian Mbappe then scored twice in the final. You know.
1: Yeah, look, it's it's. I don't think many players will um, prepare for getting two penalties in a game. It's it's very unusual. To you know, to get two penalties in a game. Um, so obviously you practice, you, you practice obviously to take one, but then obviously when you get the second one, you're probably thinking, well, well, which side do I go? Do I go the same side? Do I change it? Change your technique, or or, or what side do you go? So, um, but yeah, no, I kind of had in my head for both penalties. Um, you know, I wasn't really kind of uh, like indecisive. But I kind of had, had my mind made up early, and I think that was important just to just to make your mind up and stick with
0: What was the celebrations like after the game?
1: Uh to be fair, they were fairly fairly tame actually. Uh obviously like I said, we had the we had the, the league game now in, in, in Carlisle on Saturday. Um so yeah, we just got back to the hotel and uh you know the staff they allowed us one point, so I had a pint of against uh which was which was <laughs> which was well earned after. Um but yeah, it was just just the one point uh unfortunately it was pretty tame. Um and then we got back on the road. We stayed overnight, obviously after the game. Got back on the road. Um Yesterday and then we're in again training today, preparing for the game tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow,
0: You were at Hull to start your career, didn't you? You played after leaving Kilkenny, you went to Hull as a, a youth player. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I moved, um, God, I moved,
1: 2008 I moved over. I was 16 when I moved over. So yeah, 2008 so It so seems, seems a while ago now and I'm still living in Hull to this day. So it's kind of like a second home to me now.
0: What was it like then moving back to the League of Ireland? Were there difficult days around that time?
1: Yeah, I suppose. Look, it's like it's like any player. You you'll have probably spoke to you know a few over the years that coming home is probably not the last resort in a way. But obviously, when you go across the water, you wanna you, you wanna give it a good go, and you feel like you're kind of not not a, not a failure, but you feel like you haven't obviously achieved what you wanted to achieve. So coming back was difficult. It was a decision I had to kind of make. It was I was probably a bit reluctant to do it. Um, but looking back on it now, it's, it's probably the best thing I've done for my career because it gave me an opportunity to come back and get that first team exposure and you know get games under my belt um, and kind of, I suppose, like build, like, build a, a career and a reputation for myself. And and, and I think that's hold, like, held me in good stead going forward then and um, gave me the opportunity to come back across the water again.
0: Yeah, you won the FAI Cup at Cork in 2016. So you know what the jeopardy is like of a big run and a big day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great memories. Um, like absolutely loved it. And that was, that was probably one of my standout memories from my time playing back home. Um, yeah. Brilliant day, obviously. Um, great celebrations after that. So yeah, it, it does, I suppose it does, uh, it does, it does stand here when you have experiences like that. And like I said, that's why I, I feel like it's, it's, it's probably benefited me uh, coming back to like, coming back to the League of Ireland and experiencing highs and lows, um, and then obviously taking that taking that forward in in the future.
0: You played for Waterford, played for Cork, Galway, Drada. Um What were the things then, maybe specifically that you did to improve your game, so that you could go back to Hartlepool and now Grimsby and to be doing so well? Um, I suppose like you, you, like you come from
1: academy football over here. You've probably heard heard it said a couple of times that you can't. You can't replicate playing first team football. It's completely different playing, you know, reserves under 23s football. football. Um, you know, it's it's very like obviously there's no pressure on the games. Obviously, it's just about uh, it's all kind of very nice and and whatever. But then you come back and you know you're playing against players who are fighting for their livelihoods and the games matter. You know, it's it's intense. It's you know it's it, it's a tough environment to be in. Um, so stuff like that just kind of stood to me and you know just obviously realizing the. You know how um how important you know every every game that you play is, and how important you know every win and every every success that you have is.
0: Uh, David miter is a friend of the show, and uh, he's he's often on on a Saturday with us. I, I think he lives out that part of the the woods, and he's a midfielder as well. Do you ever catch uh, David? Do you ever talk to him?
1: I I see him see him the odd time, uh, see him the odd time. Yeah, I think I spoke to him a, a couple of times. Um, but yeah, no, I heard. Yeah, he's he's obviously still living this way, and he had he had obviously. He's a bit of a legend at a whole, obviously with the promotion and, and and stuff like that, and the FA Cup run. Um, so yeah, he's uh you know he's he's well thought of over here.
0: Are you a six or an eight, uh, Gavin? What's your preferred midfield position? I'm an eight,
1: m- m- more so. Yeah, I like to um I like to go box to box, but I'm, I'm, I'm more I would say I'm probably more attack minded. I like to get into the box, score goals, and um create things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could I could 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 do either role and have done over, over my career. I suppose learn to do both
0: rolls, which is important. Have you noticed a change since you went back to England in terms of the technical quality of the game and how the game is evolving and progressing over there?
1: Yeah, I have. I have massively, and I suppose from when I moved over when I was sixteen in two thousand eight, I've just seen the difference in in the like you said the, the you know the quality and the um, you know the quality of player, quality of play, and stuff like that. And I suppose you're seeing because the the top leagues, Premier League, is is so strong now. You're having players who are having to drop down the levels. So, even like the, the the lower leagues, League One, League Two, even the National League. Obviously, I've played in it with Heartley, played in it with Grimsby last year. Um, there's some like really, really good players having to kind of drop down to that level to to um, make a career for themselves, basically. So it's um, very competitive, and there's some there's some really, really good quality.
0: How would the quality compare from the League of Ireland you're playing in the last few years to what you're playing with now with Grimsby, for example?
1: Yeah, I've been asked this a couple of times, and it's it's a difficult one because the way I kind of look at the league back home, I, I would say like the, the, like you know the top teams. Obviously, you have the Shamrock Rovers, the knocks over the years. Obviously, Cork, when I was there, um, you know would probably would probably hold their own in League One, I think, easily. Um, and then there's a bit of a bit of a gap then between you know the kind of bottom half of, of the of the league back home. So I would say it's probably it's probably similar in ways, I would say, some of the, some of the top teams back home would probably play league, league two, and then the rest would, uh, or league one, and then the rest would probably easily fit into league two, so. I'd Do
0: you catch up much with, with that many Irish lads over there?
1: Uh, yeah, I do, yeah, no, I speak to quite a few of them, um, a few that I've played over the years, obviously, when I was at Hull, we had a massive Irish contingent there, which, Paul McShane, Robbie Brady, um, to name a few, Jamie Devitt, uh, so there's quite a few that I still, still keep in touch with, and, um, you know, it's good to good to catch up with them, and I suppose it's, it's just that thing, you know, Irish players that move over kind of look out for each other because we have to over here. So that's just uh, that's just the way it is.
0: Do you follow the hurlers?
1: Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice. yeah. Uh, well, I'm from Kilkenny, so it's 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 a religion, isn't it? So, um, yeah. I I uh, I don't think you, you you have a choice really when you when you're growing up in Kilkenny, you've got to wear. Uh, It's got you. Got to live and breathe it, really. Um, Played a bit, obviously, when I was younger, but uh, decided to go the football route, which, which, uh, yeah, I'm glad now that that I did. What's the club? Oh, uh, the village, James Stevens.
0: Ah, Mister Cody.
1: Yeah, yeah, the village man. Yeah, so um, yeah, no, played for the village, obviously, uh, when I was younger. Had had great days growing up, um, you know, until I moved over to the UK when I was 16. Like I said, so. that's no, brilliant, and obviously went to Saint Kieran's College as well, which is again just uh, is another producer of of, of uh, you know top Kilkenny hurlers over the years. So um, again, if you if you want to go to that school, you have to uh, you have to have your hand in a, in a bit of hurling at least.
0: Brian Cody is some legend, isn't he?
1: Oh, absolutely! He's a he's a god. He's a god in Kilkenny. He really is. Um, he'll be he'll be uh, sadly missed whenever whenever he decides to to step away, which is I suppose everybody's dreading it.
0: Yeah, of course, he's back with the village now, isn't he? Um, yeah. So, just in terms of transferable skills, are there any transferable skills from hurling to to soccer? Um,
1: yeah, look, I suppose, yeah, there is in a way. It's obviously, I don't know, to play hurling you have to be super fit, um, and I mean, you look at you look at some of the some of the teams now that you know they're 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 professional athletes, pretty much. Like they're they're training pretty much every day, so they're in unbelievable condition. So I think that obviously, um, over the years, obviously the intensity of, 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 of Hurling and, 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 and gas sports, obviously does stand here when you obviously uh, take that into a football environment.
0: Brighton next up then for Grimsby, you must be observing Evan Ferguson's progression with interest like us all.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. He looks, looks like one for the one for the future and obviously, uh, you know, great for the international team to have players like him come, coming through and, um, no, I think obviously it looks it looks positive. We have a lot of good young players coming through coming through the system and um you know, hopefully in a few years time we'll have a we'll have another team uh, that can compete on the you know the world
0: stage again and no, it'll be good to come up against them and um, you know pit my ways against them. Sometimes people mock the magic of the cup and the FA Cup and, and what it represents but for a, a place like Grimsby it must be a massive game changer.
1: Yeah, it's huge. It's it's uh, I suppose look at it in a way kind of puts Grimsby on the map as such. It's, it's, you know, it's the most famous cup competition in the world. So it's, it's, it's been shown all over the world. The highlights been shown all over the world. And, um, you know, it's great exposure for the club. Um, and, you know, financially has massive, massive benefits for the club. And it's just great for the, you know, the whole community. It gives everybody in the community of Grimsby a lift.
0: It does a lot for ordinary people, doesn't it? An underdog story. doesn't matter if it's Cork city or Grimsby or Kilkenny or anywhere. Um, like a few years ago, did a Sacha Baron Cohen movie kind of mocking Grimsby, and now it's been mm. celebrated. So it's it's it just says something a lot for the the power of dreams that still can exist even in this world where you have the big Premier League clubs with the big investment.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh no, absolutely, and that's so that's why we why we love the game. Um, you know, it's it's so unpredictable. You, you just you just never know. Um, and I suppose we took that mindset like going into the game the other night. At the end of the day, yeah, look. Ultimately, we're, we're under no illusions They're, You know, a good few levels above us and um, earn a hell of a lot more money than us. But at the end of the day, once the whistle goes, it's eleven v eleven. Um, you know, they still breed and do everything the exact same as us. So it's uh, yeah, eleven v eleven, man v man. So um, you know, if you're you know if you're up for the up for the challenge and up for the fight, which we were the other night, you can you
0: can cause upsets. You talked there about having one pint after the win over Southampton. What's the routine like for you during the week? Like the the, the training regimen, the the diet, the fitness. Uh, how how does that all kind of work out for you? Is it something that you've got like you almost have to have military precision around?
1: Yeah, it just becomes like obviously when you w- when you've done it for so long, it becomes second nature. Really, you just yeah, you obviously just know what your body needs. Both like obviously what you're 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 eating, you're drinking. Um, you know, the recovery recovery that your body needs and stuff like that. So um yeah, look, I haven't done it for so long, it just becomes becomes second nature and um we train four or five times a week and it's it's pretty um yeah, it's pretty I would say repetitive like, but it's, it's it's like it's um you know, you know you know what you're gonna get every day and it's it's it becomes a
0: bit of a habit. You must have a real bond, all of you together now at the moment in that dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we did beforehand, obviously have having gone through the,
1: you know the playoffs last year which was an absolute roller coaster of emotions um and then we've added added new faces in the summer and they've just they've come in and bought into what we're about um you know there's no there's no egos there's no big time Charlies or any any of that stuff everyone's everyone's in it together um so yeah it's just brought the you know that kind of bond kind of closer together after after
0: nights like the other night just before we wrap up, Gavin, uh, like if you were going again and, and maybe following the career that you had, like you left very young to go to Hull. Now with Brexit, it's harder for Irish players to to leave until they're they're eighteen. Would you have wanted to do things differently? Are you would you be still advocating players trying to get over to England to follow their career or another country?
1: Um, I suppose. Look at w- w- when I moved from when I was sixteen. I don't think the League of Ireland was as strong as it as it is now. So I think that obviously helps having having a strong league back home gives players a um, better opportunity to obviously develop, uh, you know, as as players, as, as individuals. So I think that helps, obviously, having, um, you know, a strong league back home. Um, but yeah, at the time, for me, it was just, it was a no-brainer, really. It was, you know, if you wanted to try and pave a career for yourself, you know, coming across to the UK was was the place to be. Um, so no, I, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently. It's, it's um, you know, look, I've... Had the high the other night, obviously, which is you know one of the highlights of your careers, but you have a lot of lows in there. But I think they're they're what kind of um you know make you as a you know as a player and and as a person, so it's it's all just a good learning curve.
0: And dreams are what this is made of, as I said a bit earlier on. Manchester United FA Cup final at Wembley wouldn't be bad, would it? Or even a semi final appearance at Wembley,
1: semi final, yeah, it's obviously that's what I mean. Just saying it that we're one game away from the semi final at Wembley is just. But, you know, it's baffling, really. It's mind blowing. So, um, yeah, look, I was—I'm a massive Man U fan, so I was—I was hoping for United at Old Trafford um, in the quarterfinals. It wasn't meant to be, so we're just going to have to go and turn Brighton over, and then hopefully we'll get him in the semis.
0: Casemiro and Gavin Hulken—I can see it in the future. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for speaking to Off the Ball this afternoon.
1: No, you're welcome. My pleasure.
0: Off the Ball—he's very, very dangerous player in Scottish football. He's—he's he's probably. Have probably too good for Scottish football if you know what I mean. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.